So here we are, episode two. Exciting stuff, man. Exciting stuff. Episode two. So whoever is back, I say thank you. I appreciate it. And I just wanted to quickly uh, say thank you to so many people who reached out after episode one with your comments, with your DMs, with your messages. You know, it was overwhelming. And I truly hope I got back to everybody. I have to admit, I tried my best. Um, I took I took one Sunday and just sat down and responded back to everyone because the, the response was overwhelming. People telling me, man, you're hitting on exactly what I feel like. And I think, uh, I think I will stick around. I think I will listen a little bit. So thank you if you are. I apologize if I didn't get back to you. It's just been a whirlwind, uh, but I try my best to answer all emails, all DMs, everything. So folks, I want to apologize from the beginning of this podcast. I'm kind of going to be all over the place because I have literally shifted gears mid-sitting in this seat. And for any of you who know me, I'm that kind of guy. You know, I am a coach. I am a uh, an inspirational speaker, I call myself, a presenter. And sometimes I change gears on the fly. I will literally walk up onto a stage and I'll have a presentation ready to go and something will hit my heart. Faces in the crowd will have a certain look and I'll change gears and I'll go a different direction. And sometimes I have people in the crowd go, man, that was needed today because of what I am going through. And I think to myself, what? How is that possible? You know, how did I walk up on this stage with one idea in my mind, change gears in 55 seconds, but yet somebody out there says, dude, you were spot on. I felt that. I don't know. So today is one of those episodes. um, Well, it's only episode two. So today is that episode where I'm completely switching gears. I was going to cover grief and failure. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. However, uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about the September 2nd Operation Yellow Tape event and thank each and everybody who was part of that. It's just too many people to name. Uh, Ladies and gents, this this was a major success. Event number two. I'm already in planning of number three. I've got some some pretty wild ideas. But like I tell people, man... (laughs) Make your goals ambitious, make them difficult, and make them important to you. And uh, this next event has a little touch of all three of those in it. So, as you know, some of you who are listening right now, you are at the event. Some of you I, I met for the first time at the event. It just touches my heart, touches my soul, and it continues to drive forward why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I want to thank the folks who came in, man. There's just so many people. We had folks coming in from Seattle, from North Carolina, from Yellowstone, from Ohio, Texas, Chicago, South Carolina, New York City, you know, the 804, Kentucky. I'm in the 804. Lots of folks from the 804. You know, the 757, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Portsmouth. This all over the place. And I know I've forgotten a city, and I apologize. You know, it was just an amazing time. We had a, a beautiful 
time uh, breaking bread together. Uh, some folks enjoyed a par three. Some folks enjoyed the driving range. Some folks enjoyed cornhole. Everybody enjoyed the raffles. Everybody enjoyed the sponsorships. Everybody enjoyed the DJ. But I tell you what everybody enjoyed the most because I did a survey. And if you hear that dog in the background, that's Johnny Cade. For those of you who know, uh, follow my Instagram, hashtag Johnny Cade. That's him right there barking a little bit. Um, I don't edit these things, so we go. Um, so yeah, after the survey I sent out, the the number one thing that was enjoyed the most was the two workshops that I put together this year. I put together some workshops with Marcus Torgerson and Life Change Institute and Meridian Psychotherapy. And I can't thank you folks enough for coming out and doing that. People got to put some tools in their mental health toolbox. People got to go out and listen to Marcus Torgerson talk about self-defense and situational awareness and just a basic level conversation. Now, OIT number three, we're going to step it up a little bit. We may do a little bit of hands-on, but it's always going to be hands-off and at your speed because I'd like to tell everybody, we want to meet you where you are. So folks, whew, the main thing I want to get out of this, and I'm going to, I'm going to end it here, is my goal my goal with the Operation Yellow Tape event number two was to get community together, to get people in the uniform and out the uniform, and to show them that mental health is not just a first responder struggle. It's a community struggle. It's all age, all gender, all races. It doesn't matter. And I had all that out there because that's what I'm about. I'm about the community. I'm about one more day for all of us. Number two, I had a goal of four four-foot boxes of non-perishable food items and hygiene products for our community. I partnered up with Chesterfield Food Bank. And let me tell you what, we raised and gathered 1,174 pounds of non-perishable food items and hygiene products for our community. Six boxes, six four-foot boxes overflowing. Just incredible. It was just incredible. When I spoke to the folks at Chesterfield Food Bank, they said, what did you have, 200 people? I said, no, 72, maybe 74. They were like, I tell you what, you mentioned the word vision, turn mission, turn quickly large movement, Kenny. Well, you had one that day. And I said, yes, I did. <sighs> so thank you to all my sponsors. I really appreciate it. Thank you to my main sponsor, Pale Horse Coffee. I just can't thank you guys enough to Griffin Cigar Lounge and to uh, J. Lee Cabinets out of Prince George County, Virginia for being my main top tier sponsors. Thank you to all my sponsors. Folks, I'm going to turn the page literally. Check it out. A little backstory here. Why have I switched gears? I really don't know. I, I really truly don't know why I've switched gears. Um, in October, on October 5th of 2002, I became a Virginia Beach support technician, a volunteer, because most of you who know me, um, I was a graphic designer with the Virginia Pilot newspaper. 
September 11th happened and it changed the course of my life forever. I knew there was more. So by 2002, I became a volunteer with Virginia Beach Fire Department as a support technician. That, that's non, no firefighting, you know, nothing like that. You, you ride around, you fill air bottles, you, you give support, clean equipment, just, just the very basics. But it was wonderful because it taught me about the fire service. I got to see every station in Virginia Beach. I got to really truly understand, is this what you want to be a part of? However, there wasn't any firefighting and there wasn't any you know, trauma that you really saw besides car wrecks and different things, but it was a great program and it's still there today. And I still have my shirt 21 years later. I had a guy at station eight in Virginia Beach walk up to me and just kind of introduce himself back in 2002 and said, hey man, what's your name? We introduced ourselves and told him I was a graphic designer looking to change careers and do you have any advice? And back in 2002, he said, you know, besides telling you to stay physically fit, um, he didn't even mention the word mental or emotional because that wasn't even in existence back then, man. We didn't talk about it. He said, besides telling you to stay physically fit and to join this profession for the right reasons, I would tell you to document your career. And I'm like, what do you mean document my career? He's like, I wish on year 19 right now, uh, I had done that. I had wrote down some calls, you know, left out names and addresses and stuff, but wrote down everything that I had done or been through. I was like, huh, maybe I'll do that. So to make a long story short, and if you're listening, brother, I can't remember who told me that. I know I got a lot of folks from Virginia Beach who listen. If you're listening and you're the guy that told me in 2002 to journal my career, get in touch with me because I'll let you know from 02 until right now, I've journaled my entire career. Calls, incidents, the births of babies. Some are now 20 years old, the babies. You know, divorces, uh, deaths, funny stuff, horrible stuff. I have documented my career through photographs and through writings. And it, it's just been incredible. So thank you for that. So what I've done today is I broke out a journal. And folks, what I'm about to read has never been um, aired before. Why would it be? But I need to let you know where I was without getting any help. Because Sometimes when you're standing on a stage presenting or you're speaking, sometimes people wonder, do you really have the resume and the experience to talk about this stuff? Because I'm no doctor. I'm no, I'm no psychiatrist. I'm no therapist. I'm just a man that's been in this uniform for a very long time and has had a lot of things outside the yellow tape knock me to the ground. So as I was prepping for this podcast and and kind of going over my mind, grief and failure, I saw my journal. And it was the journal that I kept about the struggles that I was going through before I came forward to get any help. It was the struggles. So I opened it up and I started to read through it. And I thought to myself, my goodness, Kenny, you know, why didn't you reach out? How can someone feel this way and do nothing about it. So, I'm going to read a little bit through my journal for you today. 
And I hope you can relate. And once again, this podcast is about do you relate to what I'm saying? And if you are, get help for yourself. The HELP acronym, man. Health, Educate, Launch, and People. If something I'm reading today is something that you have wrote or something that you feel, it's time to launch yourself into a direction. Don't be like me. Don't sit around for 10 years. 10 years. You finally pick up a book called Overcome by Jason Redman. It finally tells you what you need to hear about yourself. You finally start to invest in yourself. You finally start to believe in yourself. And then you decide to get help. Why so long, man? Why so long? Why? Because like many of you, counseling wasn't working. I didn't even really go. Did EAP once or twice. You might as well call someone at Geico. They know nothing about what we do. That's why. And it still exists to this day. So if you can hear what I'm saying and it resonates with you and it can force you into launching and getting help, then here we go. I want you to bear with me because as I read through this, I do have to to leave some things out. And again, I want you to understand that this is during the time I was struggling the most. I was uh, a lieutenant. I was promoted. I was doing what needed to be done. Some of this was before that, um, early on, before promotion. However, these are some of the things that I wrote when I got home off duty. I'm going to leave out dates. Well, no, I'm not. I'm going to leave out the year. The year doesn't matter. November 5th. I find it harder and harder to relate to people who do not do this job. I find myself hearing them talk about their day, their jobs, their stress, but I really don't hear a word. Sometimes I don't even hear my daughter or my wife. Sometimes I just sit in silence. This is new for me. It really just started. However, I feel it's a part of what people call post-traumatic stress. I don't believe in the D that affects me the most during my day. I'm proud to be a fireman, but I now know it is a heavy price to wear this gear. I know after almost 16 years, now I'm on year 21, 16 years, I'm going to have an issue that will last a lifetime. I know my family has their hands full at times. I have anger outburst. I have depression. I am tired. I am moody. I have isolation. And I often avoid people and events. I ended it with, you know, what helps me is coaching. I look so forward to it. I love coaching my daughter on the softball field. It's the one thing that brings me happiness. However, I need more happiness. December 3rd. Another dream last night. The same dream. I ran a pretty horrific fire on this date during this time frame. I'm trying to make it to the room There's fire from all windows. We're way too late and we know it. I reach the room 
and a mother and her son are dead. I come across their bodies. I keep having this reoccurring dream. I keep wishing, why weren't we quicker? Why didn't someone call 911 faster? How'd this fire even start? I'll never forget coming across that image. It's burned into my mind. I'll never forget seeing a mother and their child in that floor. Oof. December 26. Christmas has come and went. My startle reflex, a jumpy version of me, has been bad today. It has been bad for two years. I'm battling with what I hate to mention is anxiety, depression. I get so sick of these words. Startle reflex. I'm jumpy. I'm jumpy. I've rarely slept. But I tell everybody I feel good. I tell everybody I feel strong. I don't feel strong. I need help. Folks, I went on to write down on January 4th as I entered a new year, what were some of my biggest issues? Now listen to this and tell me through an email or DM if you can relate. And if you can, ladies and gentlemen, don't just sit back on this. Do something today. My biggest issues, January 4, fatigue. I am always tired. My early nights have become priority, but my fatigue doesn't leave me. Antisocial, less catch-ups, less dinners out. I always have an excuse, always looking for an out. Even when I make plans with someone, I tell myself as I walk away, how will I get out of this? I'm avoiding crowds. Withdrawal. I'm not doing the hobbies I loved. I'm not hanging out with the people who I love. I'm not texting back. I'm not returning phone calls. I just don't care. Memory. No memory of a full conversation anymore. I forget comments. I forget dates. I forget important stuff. I still do well on the scene. I still mitigate fires pretty good. I'm a good fireman. I'm proud. I'm calm on scene. I talk on the radio nice and calm. And it's always been important to me to be calm. It was instilled in me in Virginia Beach and early on in my career here in my current fire department. Back to my memory. It sucks. It makes me furious and frustrated. It also pisses people off. I think they think I'm doing it on purpose. Sleep. Let's just say there is none. Mood. Bad. <laughs> Irritated. I feel like I can't even be happy. One minute I'm happy, next minute I'm not. And I'm pissed and I'm distant and I don't even know why. There are some days my mood is so bad and there's no reason for it to be bad. 
isolation. I sit alone. I avoid crowds. I avoid conversations because nobody understands me. I wrote that, y'all. I wrote, if you don't wear the gear, how do you understand what I'm feeling? Candace says, time with me is very quiet. Anger. My patients are getting shorter and shorter. I'm having outburst over the most stupidest, is that a word? Stupidest, unexpected, and trivial things. I always go back to the older lady in the bread aisle that wasn't moving. I'll stop right there for a minute. Uh, there was a day in, in the store where I was just getting off shift, and it was a long shift. And uh, we'd had a few deaths that night, and there was a lady in the bread aisle, and all I wanted to do was get some bread, and she wanted to get the same bread, and our carts just about hit, and I slammed my cart against the side of one of the, the corners of the of the aisle, and I said, this is ridiculous, and I, I, I freaking left my cart full of food, went out to my, to my car, and punched my steering wheel about 17 times before I thought I broke it, and then drove off. And then in about three minutes, kind of was like, what the heck are you doing? But that's where I was. And I guarantee you somebody right now is shaking their head going, huh, I have wore my steering wheel out. I have yelled at the top of my lungs. But over a lady trying to get bread at the store, wasn't about the bread, wasn't about the lady. It was the symptoms that I wasn't addressing. It was the mental health decline that I was doing nothing about due to embarrassment and in stigma. I ended it with the good stuff. I'm not drinking. Well, I drank a little. Uh, I don't do drugs. I try to drink lots of water. I drink a little bit of soda. I do smoke cigars here and there. I don't work out enough, but I'm trying to get back into that. We constantly say that to ourselves. I go on. February. Sometimes I just truly feel my duty has been met. My calling answered. I feel like this rat race of EMS, these helpless 911 abusers, are cutting my career in half. We're at, at this time, 44,000 calls a year in my current fire department. It's crushing us. It's numbing and soul crushing, the sleep deprivation that I'm dealing with. I'm stressed like crazy, but I'm really not sure why I'm stressed. I handle the incidents well. It's stuff on the outside of this job that's crushing me, including my sleep. It's driving us all nuts. <sighs> Folks, I, I go on to talk about, I, I was really against the word D, as you can tell back then, the post-traumatic stress disorder. I couldn't stand it. I thought it was a crutch. You know, I just, I didn't even like to say it. I didn't, I never wrote it. And I can tell in this writing, I mean, I'm looking at a book right now that, that's, that's 500 pages of journaling. And this is just one. This is not even the incidents. 
I've covered all my incidents as well. This is just my mental health stuff. I've got post-traumatic stress symptoms. Not all wounds are visible. And I just have a list of all of the things that I've talked about with so many people and so many things that they've dealt with, with the isolation, the, the, the lack of feeling. They, they feel like they can't cry or they cry too much. The survivor's guilt, the flashbacks, the poor memory, the nightmares, the, the, the avoidance, the, the, the negative self-image, the poor self-esteem, the hopelessness. I, just wrote, I wrote all these words down and it was me that I had talked to other people how, about how they were feeling. So I jotted down exactly what they had said. March 17th. Found myself walking across my bedroom, heading to what I thought was the bay door, leading to the engine bay. My dream was telling me we have a call. People trapped in a house fire. People unable to get out. I grabbed the bathroom doorknob and swung it open. Confused at first. Wife in the bed. Sleep room warm it took me 10 to 15 seconds to understand where I was I got back in bed could not fall back to sleep so I got up had coffee and now my day has begun at 3.05 a.m. and I have a 24-hour tour to go this is the last one I'll read because this one right here is extremely powerful Now, I'm going to have to skip around a little bit because I wrote some details in here that I'm not going to talk about, but I'm going to show you what it's like to do a 24-hour tour. And you know, some of my first responders out there who are listening right now, you're going to feel this one. You're going to feel this one. July 1, my beautiful Carly turns 14 today. I'm just coming off of a long 24-hour tour where we had three overdoses, all three died, and one overturned, ejected, 27-year-old killed. I was the first engine on scene. I go in to talk about how I didn't know this person until 6.22 p.m. on this day, until I approached the vehicle. Uh, They were not seat belted, they were partially ejected, severe facial trauma, Uh, they were still alive, they reached out. They grabbed my arm, a lot of moaning. We tried to remove them. They were still trapped. The truck was on its way. Uh, The sea collar was placed. They were trying to take the sea collar off. All these things, you know, the person is screaming, am I okay, am I okay? Um, Blood from ears, nose, uh, family shows up. It just becomes horrific. Long story short, um, as this person is, is, is holding on to my wrist, um, we get them out into the medic. Off they go. They die. I go on to say, so now it's time to be dad. Now it's time to be a coach. Now it's time to be a husband. It's time to switch hats. My family has no idea what the past 24 plus hours were like and I can't tell them I want to celebrate this 14th birthday I don't want her to see me tired or burned out 
but I'm actually sick to my stomach. And all I can see is that person's face under that vehicle. Even as my daughter blew out her candles today, I had trouble concentrating. My mind kept taking me back to those scenes. I am going to end it right there because I know at some point we're going to go back to this journal because when I tell you I have read through this journal several times and it is absolutely remarkable what we are doing with Operation Yellow Tape, meaning me and you, getting through to people, building relationships, showing people that they can be where I was in this journal, but there is light. Let people in. There is light. You know, I mentioned early on in my podcast that sometimes I'd be all over the place. And this is probably one of the ones where I am. But I really want you, I want you to go back possibly and even listen closely and take some notes on the journals that I was reading. And is it you? Are you having these symptoms? Because in the next couple of episodes... We're going to get into what we do. What did I do? You see, I'm not going to jump on this podcast and tell you, here's what you do. You do this, you do this, you do this, and you're going to be fine. No, that's not what I'm going to do. Just like episode one and now episode two, I'm going to show you exactly where I was and who I am. And it's still a battle. If you think that I am fixed, you're wrong. I wake up days still wanting to fight the world. I wake up today still sometimes looking for the enemy. Sleepless nights. Doesn't go away. This job, life, no matter what your job, will cause these invisible injuries. However, the key is to address them. The key is to use Health, educate, launch, and people, what I talk about, to address them. And I truly feel if you do that and take what I did right, what I did wrong, what went well, what didn't, good, bad, the ugly, I think, I think that you can move through it. I do, because it worked for me. It worked for me. So folks, um, on this episode, you've heard the dog barking, you've heard the rain in the background, you've heard something left in a dryer going around and around and beating the sides of the dryer. That's always awesome. I'm sure it's something in my pocket. (laughs) But I hope you got something out of this. And we're going to continue to drive forward with this podcast and continue to drive forward with what I think a lot of people sitting on the other side with earbuds in, at the gym sitting, having lunch, wherever you're listening to this at. Some of you right now are shaking your head, yeah. That's me. Folks, I'm really excited to be uh, speaking and presenting at the Virginia Fire Officers Academy, October 22nd. I'm so glad to be going back. Um, I'm also going to be at the Virginia Fire and Rescue Conference in Virginia Beach in February. Hope maybe you'll you'll get a ticket to that conference and come on down and listen to me speak in February. 
going to be a good time. I've got some other things um, coming down the pipeline. I just am thriving with wanting to get in front of people, not just first responders, but folks who are who are eager and thirsty and hungry to improve their mental and physical and emotional health. And how do we do that? We do that by sharing our story. We do that by sharing our story because our story can become someone's survival guide. You do it by sharing your story and then doing something about it. That's what we do. Folks, I'm going to jump up off here. I'm going to say like I always end with, please, please, please continue to remember that there are too many of us to ever feel alone. We have to become fierce in the early recognition of a mental health decline in those around us, those we work with, and ourselves. I want to thank you for joining me. Keep walking with me. Until next time.